let's jump in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 22, and we were here last week, an invitation to a party, and let's get ready to party this morning, so uh, in verse 1 of chapter of Matthew's uh, 22nd chapter, uh, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent out servants telling those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast, but they paid no attention and went off. Uh, one to his farm and other to his own business, to his own business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. And the king was angry and sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned the city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. So go therefore to the main roads and invite the wedding feast as many as you find. And the servants went out to the roads and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests, but when the king came back to look at the guests, he saw a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to them, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. The, then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him to outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now last week we started this. Uh, this message, and if you want to hear the first part, you'll have to go back and hear that on our Facebook page. But I want to just quickly go over a, a couple of high points from last week, and the first being the message of of this parable is to the Jewish religious leaders. Okay, it's it's talking about the judgment on them, and we looked at this scripture last week in Matthew 21, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parable, they perceived that he was speaking about them. So they, uh, Jesus is teaching a parable. The Pharisees are there, and you may remember they're, they're questioning by what authority he heals people and what authority he does different things. Uh, so they perceive that he's talking to them, and because Israel as a whole rejected Jesus Christ, and they're still rejecting Jesus Christ as the Savior, uh, God sent his servants to the rest of the world, particularly to the Gentiles, to invite us in to his kingdom. And, of course, we're a part of that. Uh, we talked last week about uh, it's a call for each individual to evaluate themselves. It's not, a, it's not a family deal. It's not a inheritance deal. It's not something that you grew up uh, going to church. Your family went to this church. Your grandparents went to this church. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm part of God's kingdom uh, it's an individual call that we individually respond to, uh, and that's part of this parable. And, and there's a few reasons why we find in this parable people reject the call of God. The first we talked about last week was indifference. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Last night we was at the races. Denise and I go to the races nearly every weekend. Y'all know that. And uh, this this man came up, and he moved over and sat by us, you know, and uh, I I'm, I'm, told y'all last week I'm kind of a, a wallflower, but if, if, I, if I see somebody and, and uh, they're, they're kind of my age and we can kind of start talking, I'll talk about, you know, to about anybody now. Well, I get to talking to this guy, and, uh, and uh, the more we talked, I realized I knew him from years ago. I'm talking about from... Uh, from 50 years ago or, or farther, 
And I said, you're Larry, aren't you? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, he goes, what's your name? And I said, Jake, of course, he don't know me. Uh, but he's been around these racetracks and stuff all his life. And uh, he said, well, I said, we've been coming here for from back in the 70s. And uh, he said, oh, yeah. And I said, yeah, we... I helped the guy with the race car, and we had a race car. He said, who was it? And I told him who the guy was, Orrin Dodgen. And uh, he, oh, yeah, I remember him. So we get to talking. I said, well, he's still alive. I said, I did his grandson's wedding last October. And he said, really? And we talked about him, and we talked for, you know, the rest of the night pretty much. But uh, towards the end of the night, he uh, he said, let me ask you something. He said, you... uh." You must be a minister. I don't know what we have about us. <laughs> Maybe it's a smell or a disease look, but uh, <clears throat> but what he was, what I figured out, he was talking about. I did a, told him I had done a, a wedding ceremony, and uh, we get to talking. Well, he's a Christian, and uh, he just, we just have church service right there in the stands. You know, in between races, he's he'll be talking. He said, "Just a minute." And we start talking again. And uh, he said, you know, people don't, he said, I believe our world's in a mess, aren't we? And I said, yeah, we really are. And we talked about some things. And he said, you know, I believe Christ is coming soon. And I said, I believe that too. And he said, what, what I can't understand is why are people so indifferent today? And that was part of our parable from last week. People are just indifferent. Why don't people come to God? Why don't they uh, evaluate themselves and respond to God's call? It's because really they're indifferent. And as he was talking, he said, you know, we've got everything we need. Now, this guy's older than me. He's, uh, I'm guessing him to be in his mid-70s or maybe early 80s. And uh, just because when I knew him, he was already uh, older than me. And uh, so... He, he said, you know, we have everything we need. He said, we got money, we got food, we got, uh, we got homes, we got cars, we got everything we need. We don't need God. Uh, so he said, if you start talking to someone about needing God, they're indifferent to that because basically they say, what do I need God for? And he said, we've missed the point that uh, these things on earth are temporary and we can't be indifferent about what is to come. And I think he hit the nail right on the head. And, and uh, so many of us and so many people today are indifferent about the things that are to come. There's others, and we talked about last week a little bit, there are those who are openly hostile towards the, the gospel. They're hostile to his servants. We see that in this parable. And then the last group of people we looked at last week was those who are just they have this selfishness about them. It's all just about me. It's about what I want. It's about what I do. It's, uh, it's just about me, 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 and I, 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 and mine, mine, mine. And, and we get to that point of that parable where he, uh, he says he saw a guest there without the proper clothing on. And I want to just kind of start there this morning. I know we ended there last week, but I want to kind of start there this morning reminding us what this parable really says because when you read it and it says the king saw a man at the wedding not wearing wedding clothes and he said how did you get in without the clothes and he told his servants to bind him hand and foot 
throw him into the outside uh, to where the darkness is and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That, that sounds harsh, but I, I told you last week that uh, during this time, the, the king would have gave the wedding clothes to those attending. So there had been no reason for there to be anybody there that didn't have on the proper attire. But this guy came with his own holiness. He came dressed as he thought he looked the best. And really, it was one of those deals we talked about last week, just kind of looking at me. And he's trying to enter the party or the kingdom by wearing his own righteousness. So he's saying, because of all that I've done, the life I've lived, the good that I've done, then I ought to be a part of God's party. And I ought to be a part of this, this king's party, this king's banquet they're having. We looked at Isaiah that says, We've all become like one who is unclean, and our righteous deeds are as filthy rags to God. And then uh, when we think about that, we say, What is the clothing? Now, this is Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. And I think this would just be great. If you mark in your Bibles and you turn over to Isaiah 61, this is a great passage of Scripture. This is a passage of Scripture that would be great to remember uh, if you like memorizing Scripture. Uh, Isaiah says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall exalt my God, for He, God, hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. So Isaiah recognized it's God that clothes us, the king, and, and I told you last week, the king in this parable represents God. So God himself clothes us, clothes us with salvation, and not only that, he has covered me with a robe of righteousness, like a bridegroom that would deck himself out, or a priest with beautiful headdress, like a bride adorning herself with jewelry, that's how God has clothed us with righteousness. Now, remember that word righteousness just means a right relationship with God. So, so Isaiah recognized that we are clothed with salvation and God has covered us with a robe of righteousness which makes us worthy to be in the party, to be in the kingdom of God, to be at the wedding banquet. And don't miss the point. I keep saying the party or the kingdom of God the party is the kingdom of God. That's, that's exactly what the king's talking about. And we talked about parties last week, and Christ was a part of parties, and, and it's not going to be a long, drawn-out worship service with long, drawn-out faces looking at the clock, wondering what we're going to have for dinner. It's going to be a party in heaven. That nearly sounds sacrilegious, doesn't it? Because we look around today, and it's not a party in church, but it ought to be. You know, we ought to be having a good time. We ought to be saying, hey, I, I, I like hearing God's Word, not just that I can sit, soak, and sour, but I can go out and, and I can spread it to other people and say, hey, there's going to be a great thing happening uh, with all the troubles we have today. Paul says they don't compare with the riches that await us in Christ Jesus. So we need to understand, for our sake, He made Jesus, God, who knew no sin, Sin that we might become the righteousness of God. That's in Corinthians. So we can be the righteousness of God when we become that. We are clothed with salvation. We are clothed with righteousness. We are part of God's family. We are part of God's invitation. We are part of God's party. And when we go to heaven, folks, it's, it's more than we can imagine. Colton sings a song sometimes that says, I can only imagine what it'll be like in heaven. I can, I can only imagine. And it's more than we can imagine. 
I mean, it's a, uh, it's a new heaven, it's a new earth, the old things, the former things have passed away, and, and folks, we're not going to be up in heaven floating around in the clouds. God's going to create a new heaven, He's going to create a new earth, and that heaven and earth are going to merge together as one, and God's presence will be with His people. There will be things, we'll be working the earth today. Just go back to the Garden of Eden and read what, what Adam and Eve was doing. They were caring for the garden, they were tending to things for God. That's the way it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and that's going to be a wonderful time for us and we're going to be a part of God's party and a part of God's family communing together with him so if we've made those preparations if we've RSVP'd if we've accepted that invitation from the king what are we to do now and that's where we'll start this morning and it's not going to take long it's a it's a call for all Christ followers to invite others to God's party So if you've ever been a part of planning any kind of event, whether it's a party, whether it's just simply an event of some kind, you know, uh, you you may do all the preparation. You may may call, you may order the food, you may order all the the decorations, you may do all of those different things, but the day of the party, you usually enlist some help, don't you? Hopefully you do. If you don't, uh, and really serving the God, if you don't, you get what's burnt out. You just get, you, you get to the point where you've lost the joy of it. You get to the point where you, you're putting too much time in it. You're not, you're not serving the Lord. You're simply trying to serve, uh, and you've moved outside of God's plan for you. So, so we get others involved, and, and if you're really organized, which I'm not real organized, uh, you, you might call together all of your help. That's the way ladies usually do it, I think. And you say, hey, I want you, let's just go to, to a, a shower. You say, I want, would you two serve the cake? And would, would you serve the punch? And would you make sure this happens? And would you make sure this happens? So, so we kind of understand when we have something like that going, we enlist some help and, and everybody has a, a little responsibilities. Now, more how I do it is, is it's time to start, and somebody says, hey, do you need some help? And I say, hey, yeah, could you go do this? And, and just kind of not plan out beforehand, but just kind of start saying, yeah, if you could do this, that would be great. If you could do this, that would be great. Either way, uh, incidentally, we're having a fish fry that's coming up, and it's a great opportunity for you to do exactly what we're going to talk about, invite others to come, be a part of that. I don't get a bonus, you know, if we have a hundred people here or something, so I'm not pushing it for any reason other than it's a great opportunity to invite others to come to the party. And, and so then people will say, hey, can, do you need some help? I'll say, yeah, come on. Uh, you can do this, you can do that. We need help setting up tables and cutting up fish and all kinds of different things. So, so as a Christian... Once we have been invited to the party, once we have RSVP'd, once we've responded to God's invitation, we become one of his servants. That's what the Bible teaches. We become a a servant, and we can kind of relate to these servants in this parable. The king said to his servants, okay, here's what I need you to do. And he gives them a list of people to go out and invite them to the party to do. He gives them some tasks. He gives them some responsibility. And, and as a servant of God, we need to understand that God gives us responsibility and tasks. Now, I was listening this morning on the way to church, which I don't live but two minutes from here, you know. But uh, I usually listen to the preacher from First Baptist Dallas. And, 
And uh, he, he said, just in the five minutes I listened, he said, you know, as Christians, I don't know what his sermon was about. He said, most of us can count on one hand uh, how many people we've ever invited to Christ with fingers left over. Now, he's at First Baptist Dallas. They got thousands and tens of thousands of members. Uh, and he went on and listed several things. He talked about Christians' prayer lives. He talked about different ministries. And, and I, I thought, you know, he's really right. And, and he, he's really right even to every level of us, whether we're the pastor, whether we're the Sunday school teacher, whether we're the, just any department we can put ourselves in, we need to really think, am I following through with my responsibilities that God has called me? Because he really didn't call us just to sit here and enjoy Sunday morning service or not enjoy Sunday morning service. He didn't call us just to come to church. He called us and said, hey, I want you to be a part of this party, and here's how you can help me out being a part of this party. We become his body, we become part of his family, and God invites us to be a part of his ministry. Now, I want you to let that sink in just a minute. God has invited you to be a part of what he's doing that changes eternity. There is not much we do, folks, today that changes eternity. This morning we pray for our students and our teachers. Teachers have a huge impact on the, the lives, I believe, of the students they, they, they touch. I, I think they change uh, a lot of things. They teach a lot of things. Students learn a lot of things. I can go back and list teachers. I probably ought to go back and apologize to teachers that, that taught me, you know, no question I should, but, but I still remember the impact some of my teachers had on me. But I'm talking about eternity. Folks, as, as part of God's family, we have the ability to, to affect someone's eternity. Just think about that. And God says, hey, I want to invite you to be a part of that. So how do we do that? And there's three things I want to go over real quickly. We find them in verse 9 in our parable. Uh, the king just says, go. When Jesus Christ went back to heaven, he told his disciples, go to every nation, go, go, go. In verse 9, he commands his servants to, to go out to the main roads, go out and find as many people as they can, uh, invite them in. A similar passage in Luke, we find some information, instructions there, the servants to go. In Luke 14, he says, go out quickly. This is the same parable, but it's Luke the doctor wrote it, so he wrote it a little different. Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city, Bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways, the hedges, and compel the people that my house may be filled. So Jesus says that, that we're to go and we're to invite others. Now, we're uncomfortable doing that sometimes. I'm not sure why. If we... And, I, hey, folks, I can put myself in that category. If you're inviting someone to go see the Oak Ridge Boys in Greenville, I went and saw them uh, a few months ago, me and Denise, and, and uh, I would have no trouble saying, hey, we're going to go watch the Oak Ridge Boys. Y'all want to go? No problem. That wouldn't be hard, would it? Hey, I'm going to, uh, we're going to go out to the lake, and we're going to cook hamburgers, and we're going to play volleyball. Hey, why don't y'all come out with us? We would have no problem, would we? But when it comes to saying, hey, Sunday morning we go to church, we have a, we have a great service.